a lot. And in a city where the action doesn't even pretend to get going until at least 10.30, and doesn't really ramp up until the wee hours, I put in 20-hour days way more than I would like. Today was one of those days. But as the chief problem solver at the Babylon, I'm in charge of keeping people out of trouble, and staying out of it myself. Tonight, trouble lurked at my shoulder, not good in light of my dangerously low levels of self-control. I could feel bad karma stalking me, ready to sink its teeth into my jugular, and I had no one to blame but myself. You know how you make a decision to do something months, or even years in advance, never thinking you would actually have to follow through? Well, over a year ago, I mortgaged my soul to the devil, and now he had come to collect. What did I do that was so bad? I agreed to host the final competition of the reality show, The Forever Game, where carefully selected couples would vie to win a Las Vegas wedding extravaganza. Had I known that the host, Trey Gold, could inspire women the world over to shoot first and ask questions later, I would have reconsidered. Now it was too late. After months of auditions around the country, the final four couples were en route to my hotel. The insanity had already begun. To make matters worse, all of the frivolity would be televised live. Reality TV at its finest. I really hate reality. And personally, I find putting reality on TV, like covering a cockroach in chocolate and calling it a gourmet experience. But nobody asked me. Lost in thought, I didn't notice my mother, Mona, until she caught me at the top of the steps leading from the bar down to the casino floor. Where have you been? Her tone was accusatory as usual, a sharp arrow tipped with guilt. Stumbling on the first step, I grabbed the handrail. Fielding offers from a couple interested in a threesome, apparently the wife thinks I'm cute. That stopped mother for a moment. Long and lean, her body rippled under a spandex sheath of silver lame, which was a little looser than her normal painted-on attire. Her bare legs, hinting at an athleticism she didn't have, ended in five-inch stilettos, also silver. Fine bones and a plastic surgeon on speed dial kept her whittled in an envious shape. With her brown hair piled on her head, wispy tendrils tickling her well-cold eyes, and her lips painted a pouty pink, she was the mother from hell. Beside her, I became interesting scenery on the fringes of her stage, adding color but little substance. Her eyes, wide brown saucers, Mona put a hand on my arm and leaned around me. Really? A threesome? Are they cute? Mother! She chewed on her lip, a hint of mischief in her eyes. It sounded interesting, that's all. Sue me. Convincing District Attorney Lovato to prosecute you would be even better. Come to think of it, he owes me a favor, I groused. Mother had been manageable when she was ensconced at her whorehouse in Pahrump, sixty miles of very uninviting desert between us. But with her in the hotel, perpetually underfoot, I lived on the verge of matricide. Really lucky. You need to get out more. Make more friends.
Mona gave me that look that mothers reserve for recalcitrant two-year-olds. And those clothes, they take boring to a whole new level. Silver LeMay is frowned upon in the boardroom, mother, even in Vegas. After successfully navigating the steps, I pulled myself to my full height, brushed down my slacks, hiked up my belt, and took a deep breath. Well, I hope you've taken my lingerie advice to heart. She hooked her arm through mine, pulling me close as we ambled across the casino. Women who say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach aim a few inches too high. You should know. But I wouldn't waste your energy worrying about my sex life. Frankly, I don't have the energy. She leaned in, her mouth close to my ear in order to be heard above the music and laughter of a casino full of gamblers chasing a dream. How are you going to find Mr. Wright if you don't?